in your Schofield Reference Bible. Thank you so much for being here today. Sure is a beautiful day. God's given us today. A lot of people be out doing a lot of things today, but you're in the best place you can be. Amen. Amen. I enjoy going out and doing things also, but you don't get help. Uh, if you're not in God's house and hearing his word, uh, we need, to, we need to food, the food for the week. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 3, chapter 3 and verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, They do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. While it is said, today, you, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation for some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcass fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into rest? But to them they believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Uh, Brian Collins, you please pray for me. Pray for us. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Today, the title of our message today is Today. Just simply one word, today. I tried to emphasize a little bit reading the scripture there, that word today. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 7 through 17, the writer here is talking about for God's people not to uh, or to hear their voice said, uh, wherefore as the Holy Ghost saith today, if ye will hear his voice. And I want to talk to those today that may be here today lost and undone without God, and that you don't have a today in your life that you can go back to the day that you trusted Christ. But also to us as believers, uh, may today be that day for whatever something in our hearts, in our lives that we've had over the years that we've carried it with us and carried it with us and carried it with us, but we've just never really trusted God with that thing. The children of Israel here for 40 years, they just wouldn't believe God. They just wouldn't trust God uh, to take care of them. 
And a lot of people today have problems with that, allowing God to take care of them. Uh, but today, the other day I heard about a woman who was so upset that she was about to be 40 years old that she got on an airplane and flew out over the Pacific Ocean and crossed the international date line where that, as you know, that's where the, the, the date changes, the time changes, so that uh, she'd be one more day that she wouldn't be uh, that old. She wouldn't, she wouldn't have a birthday that day, so she thought that was going to change something. And so uh, it wouldn't actually be anywhere on the day that she turned 40. Now, now ain't that, that's something, ain't it? The thing that somebody would be so tore up about turning 40. Well, I got news for you. When I turned 40, I was tore up too. Uh, I thought, I just didn't have no idea what was coming. And then when I, well, it, it got worse. Them numbers that's got a zero behind them, they something to that zero, I'm telling you. Uh, but anyway, uh, she was just as old on that side of the date line as she was on this. And when she came back to earth, she was 40 years old plus one day. And so uh, it didn't settle nothing. Uh, but nice try, but no cigar. You just, don't, you, just don't, you just can't cheat time. Time's rolling on. And see, you know, maybe uh, I'll try that when I turn 40 years old. Uh, but some of you know already know now that my son will be 40 his coming birthday and, and my birthday I'll be I was born September the 12th in Hickory, North Carolina and that year of, it's none of your business uh, <laughs> but you, we like to laugh and go on and, and we like to make fun of time you know and that's why I said that I was born in uh, the great year of 1957 I think all God's young ones was, Good ones was born in 1957, somewhere around September the 12th. Uh, but they need to be saved. They trusted Christ in that area. Some was in February. Uh, we just passed through there. Uh, but uh, we we like to play around with time, and and uh, we like to mess around with the dates, and we like to mess around with our age and the calendar, you know. And and when we're really young. Uh, We'd like to pretend that we're older. You know, they, some people, they'll tell you their social security number before they'll give you their age. I'm telling you, that's secret stuff right there. But nowhere in the Bible does God give a woman's age. So we can't argue with that. But anyway, uh, we like to play around with time. And uh, when we're really young, we like to pretend we're older. My little grandson, Braden, is six years old. He reminds me all the time that he's an adult now and he's the boss. He wants to run the house, and it starts very young. And when we're very young, we want to be older. We want, to be, we want that to be tomorrow. We want to hurry up and get there when we can do all the things that we can do when we're, when we're very young. Then when we get just a little farther down the road there, we, we, want, to, we want it to be tomorrow. You know, uh, we, we, want, we don't want to do all that schoolwork. We want our license. You're being unfair by not giving me my license. I want to, I want to experience all the things that adulthood has. I'm a, I'm, I was a baby, now I'm grown, now I'm moving further along. And, and because tomorrow, when that day comes, we have to get up and go to work and do the same old, same old we done yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. Uh, and if tomorrow's going to look like ever yesterday, then who needs that? You hear people talk, boy, I just dread getting up and going to work. I just, I'm doing the same thing all, over and over and over. Um, and then when you get really old, I mean like really old, like that's anybody that's older than I am, uh, then we get really old like Brother Eddie over here. Uh, <laughs> we worry about tomorrow. And, and we worry about tomorrow. 
and we begin to think about the sickness. We begin to think about arthritis. We get to think about our weaknesses. Uh, we get to thinking about all of a sudden, we, when I was young, I wasn't worried about dying. I wasn't worried about death. When I was in my third, I wasn't worried about it. But boy, the older you get, you got to think about that stuff. You, you got to think about it. You, you, you realize the Lord said that a man's day should be three score and ten. So God's given us a number to kind of go by. And all after that's a blessing from the Lord. So we begin to think about those type of things. And, uh, uh, and it can wear on you. I'm telling you it can. And I'm not, trying to be, uh, uh, I'm not trying to be funny there. It can wear on you. You've got to, think, you've got to start thinking about, well, what happens if I go in the hospital? I got the, my insurance is good, but the insurance don't pay everything. How am I going to pay this? How am I going to do that if, if something does happen? If somebody decides to run me off the road down here and, and uh, cripple me up, how am I going to, what am I going to do? Um, but, you know, that's, that's not a pretty picture, but that's the thing about tomorrow is, so I guess some of us would like to be on that plane across the date line. We don't, have to, we don't have to go that way. And see, but I want you to see here today is there's just different ways to face tomorrow. There's different approaches. Uh, some people face tomorrow with fear especially in the day that we're living today, especially uh, in the day that we're living today. Do you know today, exactly two years ago today, was announced the first COVID case in the United States? But we can look today and say, guess what else today is today? Anybody know what today is? First day of spring. I wore my spring tie. I get to wear it once a year, amen? Uh, <laughs> But some people face uh, some people face it with different approaches. They they face tomorrow with fear. They face tomorrow with denial. Some people face tomorrow uh, by just discovering today. What what's life have today? You know, God don't want us to live in tomorrow. He wants us to live today. And some people face tomorrow with denial. They just don't want to face the facts. They just don't want to get at what needs to be done. They just kind of just sit around and wait on lightning to strike. Uh, it's kind of like sometimes Karen, when she cooks, she's sitting around waiting on me to do the dishes. Well, that's, that's uh, you know, that's, uh, I'm old. I forget. <laughs> but anyway, they face tomorrow and tomorrow. But God, praise God, some people face tomorrow by discovering today. Living for today. What can I do for God today? What does God have for me today? What, uh, uh, let me put it more more bluntly than that. Some people get over their fears about tomorrow. Some, some people get beyond denying that there might be a problem tomorrow. And some people do that by discovering by what God has for them today. God wants us to live for today. We can plan for tomorrow. And we should have a plan. But we should also give God complete, total veto power of what God wants to do for our tomorrow. And see, um, that's what God wants for us. Uh, we're often told uh, to make the most of the present. Uh, don't dwell in the past. Look to the future. Uh, and don't dwell in the future, but, but look to it. And, and when is today? Well, today is the time when God speaks to us and we're, able, we're still able to respond to his word. Today is that day. If you're here lost today, today is your day that you can respond to the hearing of the preaching of the word of God, put your faith in Christ Jesus, and God will change your life forever. For you will leave here a different person. 
if you're here saved by the grace of God, washed in the blood, preacher, I know I'm going to heaven, but there's that one thing in your life that you've never given God, and you can give the, that to God today, bring it to the altar and leave it, and leave out that door, and your life will be different. But that's not easy. You have to trust God. We've got to believe God. We've got to put our faith and trust in God. See, today is that day when we have that opportunity to enter into God's rest with whatever that thing might be. Uh, whatever it is, tonight might be, today might be uh, soon be over for some of us. We have no promise of tomorrow. Just this past week, was it a 13-year-old child took a pickup truck and hit a van, killed nine people. They didn't, they wasn't headed where they was going, thinking they was going to die before they get there. There's people all over the world. You and I live in one of the blessed nations that's ever been on the planet. Was there any tanks firing at you this morning? Was people standing down here on the bridge uh, checking your credentials to see if you could cross that bridge today to come to the house of God? We freely have that freedom still for now. But today will end one of three ways. We'll either look back at yesterday, all day, or we'll look at whatever's today, and then we'll be looking to tomorrow. But God says that we don't know when today will end, so we have to deal with today as it is right now. What God has for us right here today, this time, 1126, on a Sunday morning, March the 20th, today, what God has for us today. Well, God says in his word in Psalms chapter 118 and verse 24, this is the day which the Lord had made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. First thing we need to know about today, God made today. God give us today. God give us strength and health and a sound mind that we can get in our cars and get over the road to the house of God. We can get up, we can get ready, take our weekly bath, put on our Sunday best and come to the house of God uh, and to, to meet our friends and our neighbors and our loved ones. Uh, also to hear the preaching word of God, be in Sunday school, to hear the good things of God, to see the beauty, how God's got his paintbrush out today and paint this giving us a beautiful day. And God said, this is the day which the Lord hath made. But then he tells us two things here. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. We should rejoice in the day. There's a time for us. We've, got, we've all got up. We've all got things in our heart and in our life that, bear, that just pull us down and tear us down. And, and there are weights but God says for us to lay aside those weights. And he said that we will rejoice and be glad in it. Uh, Philippians 4, 4 says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. God tells us to rejoice in this day. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Rejoice evermore. That should be a continuous life. But preacher, uh, Brother Ronnie, you don't know what's going on in my life. We all have those things. I'll never forget the, the message I heard, and I've heard the preacher preach. I preached it myself. Of those three crosses, a small cross, a, a larger cross, and then about a cross about six foot tall. We've all got a cross to bear. And that's not belittling anybody's cross. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't look at somebody that's bearing maybe their problems are not as big as ours. They're big to them. And, and this is the day that each and every one of us can turn all those things over to the Lord and just realize we, we still got something to rejoice about. God's not dead. COVID did not run God in the house with a mask. He's out. We're still working, still moving. He's still working and saving souls, changing lives. Just in the past week, Calvary Baptist Church, Brother Steve Pope, we support his son in church in California last week. 
I think he posted yesterday two more say so. I know that would be somewhere in the neighborhood of at least 51 souls saved in a revival meeting in a week. That is only happens by the grace of God. Now we're preparing for revival. I hope you're praying. The preacher is trying his best to prepare our church for revival. What God's not going to do anything in Union Grove, North Carolina that he cannot do here in the beautiful town of Granite Falls, North Carolina. God can do the same thing right here if we'll just let him do that. He said in 1 Peter 1, 8, Whom having not seen you love, and whom through now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. God says that rejoicing can be joy unspeakable. You just can't put it into words. God's just so good. I, I, I want to tell you how good he is, but I just don't have the words to tell you how good he is. Thank God for everything he's done. Thank God for saving you. Thank God for his blessing in my life. And he said, and full of glory to give him all the honor and all the glory for everything that he's done, for whatever it is. Some of you here right now wouldn't be here if God hadn't touched you. You definitely, not one soul in this building would be on their way to heaven this morning if God hadn't drew us by the Holy Spirit of God down to an old-fashioned altar somewhere, a bedside or a nightstand or somewhere, and convicted us of our sins and showed us how much he loved us and helped us to understand how he died for us on the cross, we'd all be on our way to hell. I remember that day. I remember that. Actually, it was nighttime. But I remember the place where God saved me. And see, he says on over in 1 Peter 4 and 13, but rejoice in so much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering that when his glory shall be revealed, you, might, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Because you get saved and your name's written in the Lamb's book of life, it doesn't say no problems forevermore. We're going to face problems. We're going to go through things. The Bible just, I just read it here. But rejoicing so much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering. God said even rejoice in the fact that you're involved in Christ's suffering. Rejoice in the facts and those things that you have to go through. And then he says that, that when his glory shall be revealed. See, if we don't go through these things, God has never has an opportunity to reveal himself to us and help us to see how much he loves us and how much he cares for us. And the last part of that verse, he says that you may be glad also. God says you'll be glad you went through those things when you get to the other side because how I'm going to work and move in your life, in your heart. And see, if we're never in that place, God never has that opportunity. I have a book, Why Do Good Things, How Do Bad Things Happen to Good People? And that's exactly what he's talking about. We're all going to go through, these things, through those things. So this is the day the Lord hath made, but also point number two is this is the day to hear his voice. He said in Hebrews 3 and 7, Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear his voice. If you're lost here today, you need to hear his voice. And he's speaking. The Holy Spirit of God is working and moving in the midst. He's still alive. The church is still here. The Holy Spirit's still here. And he's working and moving. And he wants you to know today that he loves you and he cares for you. And that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And he wants you to know today to hear his voice. And today is the day, if you're lost today, is to hear his voice. But also if you're saved today, today is the day for you to hear God's voice and let him answer and work and move. And that thing that you, that's, that's on your heart and in your mind and in your life that you just need God to help you with. It's, 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 uh, you can't do it. Your family can't do it. Money can't fix it. But God can. In our Sunday school this morning, we're using a little bit different lessons because we... 
we're a little bit ahead of the other classes. Jesus told Peter when he stepped up uh, to put the, let down the net, Peter just let down one net. They done fished all night. We've done done this. We didn't catch nothing. We'll let down one net. But when he let down that one net, he wasn't prepared for the blessings that God had. It was far more than anything Peter ever thought. They couldn't even bring the net up. And that's the way God does things. And if you're here lost and undone, undone without God this morning, God wants you to, to do something for you that you, you just can barely even contain. That how the greatness of what it is to be passed from death into life. You'll never forget that. If you're saved today, of how, how good it is to know when you see God hear and answer that prayer. Some of you and many of you have, have you've experienced this and you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and to know how God just works and moves and how he brings things about. And he said in Hebrews 3 and 15, Today if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. He tells us here to hear his voice and don't harden your heart. Just listen to what I got to say. Because I, I'm, never, I'm never going to hurt you. See the importance of this warning here and the danger of disobeying here is pointed out. First that word he said, uh, that word saith, that's present tense. Now he was talking to the, the children of Israel. But God wants us to know that word saith, that means he's still speaking today. It's as good today as it was then. Is the Holy Spirit still speaking today? That's present tense. That that if we hear his voice, that wherefore the Holy Spirit says today if you hear his voice. So today is the day to hear the voice of God and whatever it is that we need from him. And see also second, God is speaking today through his son Jesus Christ. He's speaking through someone greater than the prophets. He's speaking through someone greater than the angels. He's speaking through someone greater than Moses. And see what this shows is that one so supreme one so supreme is to be obeyed supremely. Look what he's done. He's not just told us about it. We're reading about how it happened, how he done it, how he gave his life, the punishment that he went through, and all the things. We're, we can read about how he's taking care of his children all through the Bible, through Genesis to Revelation. And see, what that does is that shows us here that he is so supreme and he should be obeyed supreme. That means that we should do everything we possibly can to obey him and to do what thus saith the Lord. See, uh, man must believe and obey Christ. We must believe. If you want to go to heaven, you must believe. You can't live a life full of sin and, and live a life for yourself the whole, your whole life through. And that, that's, one of the, that's one of the hardest things for a preacher to do is people that don't go to church, people that don't love God, they're mean and they're hateful and half the community don't want nothing to do with them and, and they'll call you and say, well, so-and-so passed away, would you come and do their funeral? Well, you want to go do a help, you want to be a help and a blessing, but to not know whether or not they're saved and not know that they ever trusted Christ, not to know that one day somewhere they bowed. You know, and the only thing you can do there is present Jesus to the family and tell them how much God loves them. Because that, that person's, their, their destiny is set. But see, man must believe and, and obey Christ. Uh, man's got to do his own believing. And God's, man's got to do his own dying, whether it's a man or a woman or whoever it is. And see, but God tells us also to obey his promise of salvation and enter into that eternal rest uh, in the promised land of heaven. God has prepared everything for us. And we come today. And it's available today. Today. 
today. God says, don't harden your hearts in verse 11. He said, take heed. Watch the unbelief in verse 12. And in verses 13 through 19, he teaches us here to exhort one another. See, the Lord already lived today before we ever got here. He already knowed everything that's going on in every heart, in every mind, in every soul. The Lord knew exactly how many children was going to be on the bus this morning. He knew exactly the way you was coming to the church. He knew how you was coming not only by car or whatever you drive, but how you're coming in your heart. He already knows if you're saved or lost. He already knows that thing that, that, that burdens you down. And he tells us, don't harden your hearts. See, that's a charge there from the Holy Spirit of God himself. And it's directed to every generation of believers. It was directed to our parents and grandparents and all those before us. But it's also directed to all those that will come after us. And see, it, it was not only a charge to Israel. Uh, and how, how do we know? Because that word saith, it's present tense. The Holy Spirit of God is still speaking today. So what does it mean? Uh, what does a hardened heart mean? Israel's wickedness here uh, experience shows us that after the Jews had been freed from the Egyptian slavery, they wandered uh, about in the wilderness of Sinai Desert for 40 years, for some 40 years. 40 years. And during their wanderings, they committed four gross sins that hardened their hearts. And folks, if you're here today lost and undone without God, or even if you're saved, and you know, I know I'm saved, when we get sin in our life, these four things are going to happen. Number one, they provoke God. In the, he said in the, in the provocation of the day of temptation, that means there's actually here the translation of these two Hebrew words are the proper names of a place where Israel sinned in the wilderness. It's called Massa and Meribah. And see, wandering about in the desert, uh, the people had become thirsty, and they, so they began to disbelieve God. They began to distrust that he cared and would provide for them. And see, that's what's happened when we, when we miss the house of God. We don't get the water. We don't get the bread. We don't get the food for our soul that we need. And then we get thirsty. And then Satan comes by. And then we begin to murmur, murmur and grumble against God and against his people, uh, uh, against his leader. And that time it was Moses. Today it's the pastor. Well, it's the preacher's fault. Did the preacher go to your house and nail your clothes to the floor so you couldn't get up and get no and see and then they began to regret that they had left the world of Egypt I've heard people say this the preachers heard people say this and he used and if I think one person you some of you would even know who he was he said I'm gonna tell you right now getting saved was one of the worst things I ever done I got saved I got in church tried to pay time pay my bills I can't even pay my bills so they just quit church quit on God God's not going to change for him or them or that family. But they just, they just the children of Israel, they knew they were warned. They rebelled against God anyway. They didn't believe that he would take care of them. And folks, in the day and hour that we live, we need to get that thing settled. How many times have you heard the preacher say this? Know what you believe and why you believe it. And we're in that hour. We've always been in that hour. But not only here did they provoke God, but they, they tried God for 40 years. And God took care of Israel for 40 years as a nation. They wandered there in the desert of Sinai. 
and God gave them food, God gave them water, God gave them all the necessities of life, and he protected them from all the surrounding enemies. And folks, God's done the very same thing for you and I. And yet the people continue to harden their hearts against God. That's why last, I think in the year 2020 or 2019, 10,000 independent fundamental Baptist churches closed their doors in the United States because people just hardened their hearts against the Lord and against God. And see, they approached God as though uh, the children of Israel here, they approached God as he had to meet their approval instead of their meeting his. Folks, we're there today. We're there today. I don't mean no disrespect, but I, how many times we hear this uh, is you, you talk to people about coming to church, invite them to come to church. When the first thing, what you got for the young people? Well, what, what, what we got? Uh, we got Patch Club. We got the, the youth meeting. We got Hellfire and Damnation preaching. Oh, well, now I don't know if I want, you know, uh, I don't, you think, I just don't want people shouting at me. I don't want people shouting at my youngs. I don't shout at my young. Somebody better be telling them about Jesus. You're not hearing the soft talk. You're not hearing when you, people come meet and t- try to tell you. But anyway, they've tried God for 40 years. They tempted him. That means they tested him. They put him to the test to see if he was really good and would meet their needs. They proved him. And folks, you and I, they, that means that they tested him. They put him to the test to see if he would meet their approval. If God would prove faithful. And folks, if God's done anything for everybody sitting here, he's proved faithful. Not only here, but all across our world and land, God's proved faithful. Notice here the unbelief and the hardness of the heart and all of this. There, there's, there's no belief or trust. And folks, it's that way today. Naturally, in a lost and dying world, when lost people come into the house of God, you go knock on their doors and they're lost without God. They don't know God. They've never, we've had people walk in the doors of the church and you start talking about Jesus, they say, who's he? I've had people stand in my face and say, I want you to know something. I'm a Christian, but I don't know who this Jesus is you're talking about. Well, let me tell you, they ain't Christian. Christian means to be Christ-like. How can you like somebody you don't even know who they are? But they wanted to prove God himself by giving their provision without any trial or suffering. God said, they said, if you love us, then there won't be all this trial and suffering going on. They just couldn't see what God was trying to do. They were unwilling to prove themselves and unwilling to show what they really believed and that they trusted God. And folks, if you want the blessings of God in your heart and in your life, then you've got to trust God. You've got to trust God. And see, they wanted God to prove himself, that he was worthy of their trust and loyalty. I'm going to tell you right now, you look to the cross of Calvary, and if Jesus ain't worth your trust and loyalty, then you go on your way. You look to the cross of Calvary. I didn't say look to a man. I didn't say look to a a denomination or look to uh, an association. But look unto Jesus, and if if he's not enough, then there's not enough for you. But Jesus is enough. And see, what unbelief and hardness of hearts and this total disobedience, they always went astray. God had promised to meet Israel's need, and he always had. And see, uh, but they always went astray. They always chose not to believe God. They disobeyed, distrusted God for 40 years. And folks, there's people sitting in the church house this morning. They've sat in the church house for 40 years. They've never believed God for one thing. I'm, yeah, I'm saved. 
What do you believe in God for? What, what do you believe in God for? How many people have you won to the Lord? How many people have you told about Jesus? How many people have you handed a track? How many people in your family know that if you die today, you're going to heaven? How many people know that? I remember visiting a man a long time ago. He loved God. He played in a, in a bluegrass gospel group. And uh, me and my pastor then, we went to see him. We walked in the door, and just a few minutes, here come a whole bunch of his friends in. And he had been diagnosed with cancer, and he had been told about how long he had to live. Well, me and the preacher, we thought, well, it's time for us to go because we're done here. They're going to talk about banjos and mandolins and all this other stuff. But to our surprise, when that group walked in, they started talking to him, and he said, stop a minute. Stop right there. He said, I ain't got time to talk about all that. He said, I got cancer and I'm a dying. He said, I want to know something. Are you saved? Are you going to heaven? Because I ain't got time to talk to you about nothing else. Because I, I ain't got long to be here and I need time to talk to you. And here sits the preachers. Now they can help you. And I'm telling you, I thought, no, I hope I'm that way when I get to where he is. I hope I, I ain't got time to talk about that. I ain't got time to talk about the furniture factory. I ain't got time to talk about all that other stuff. I'm, I'm fixing to step out in eternity. Are you going? And if God was here this morning, that's what he would, today is the day of salvation. Today. And see, God, God wants us the same as any father wants. He wants to be trusted. You want your children to trust you. You want your children to know that you're there for them. And see, uh, no matter how little or how much a, a father can provide, he wants to be trusted that he does care and will provide for his children, whatever it is he can. My son told me here a while back, he said, Daddy, I, I, I didn't know what it was like to be a dad. He said, I'm looking back and I'm thinking now, how did you and Mom do it? I said, well, son, sometimes we just had gas money and Pepsi money left at the end of the week. I said, we went, we've had to go to the grocery store and the grocery bill be too high and we had to set some stuff back. He said, but we never knew it. I said, you wasn't never supposed to know that. That wasn't your place. You wasn't to be worried about whether or not Daddy can afford to buy groceries or what Mama's going to fix. You just be, you just be a child. And from the first Sunday they was on this face of the earth, they was in the house of God. And we try to do the best we can, and they rose up. And now they're adults. They've got families of their own. And once they get there, that's it. All you can do is pray. You can't tell them how to live. But see, God wants faith and trust. For faith and trust are always, uh, they're the ways that God teaches us to trust Him more. And we never get to that place where we get to the place where, well, I don't need to trust him no more. I just need to trust him for this. No, we always need to trust him more. We always need to trust him more. I guarantee you, a man that's pastoring a, a huge, successful ministry will tell you, I need God every day. I need to trust him more and more every day. So if we believe God, we really believe him, then the more we need and the more we suffer our trials, the more we'll learn to draw near to God. Today is today. Today is today to learn to draw near to God, to learn to fellowship with God, to learn to, to trust God, to learn to depend on God and to learn to walk with God. People ask, and I've done the same thing. When I first got saved, I thought, well, how do you pray? How do you pray? And one of the best answers I ever got was somebody teaching me how to I read A.W. Tozer. I read all them prayer books. I'm not Probably not all of them, but the good ones, I've read them. But one of the things they always teach is this. Just pray. 
Lord, get in the car with me. I want to talk to you. Lord, sit down here with me. Or I want to sit down with you, and I just want to talk to you. And you talk to him the same way you talk to anybody else. Because he's God, and he hears, and he listens. And see, that's just the way, that's the way of God. It's, it's what, that's what God's after. That's why God created us, so he would have a people unto himself that he could fellowship with and, and, and do all these things. And see, that's why God created to know him and to fellowship with him. And, and today, and the only way that we can ever get to know him and to fellowship with him is to learn to trust him more and more. So if you're lost today, you can trust him and he'll be the best friend you ever had. He'll, he'll pass from death into life. You'll be free from sin. All your sin will be cast as far as, as, as from the east from the west. God said, I'll never remember it again. God said it'll be cast into the sea, never to be remembered again. And then uh, people said this, well, if God cast in the sea, how deep's the sea? Well, who cares how deep the sea is? God said he's going to put it in there and he'll never remember it again. They don't matter if it's two foot deep or four miles deep. I mean, I think mine's down somewhere down near the Titanic, way on down there at the bottom, because mine was a lot. And t but today... And see, uh, we, have, we have to be tried and tested so we'll draw closer and closer and learn to trust him and to thank him for those things. And God said, today is the day that the Lord hath made. He said, today is the day that I hear his voice. And then point number three is today is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians 6, 2, for he saith, I have heard thee in the accepted time and the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. See, God don't promise us a tomorrow, but today. If you're here lost and undone without God, today is that day of salvation. If you're here today and you're saved by the grace of God and there's something in your heart, there's that thing that you need God to do in your heart. Money can't fix it. Family can't fix it. Money can't fix it. The doctors can't fix it. You've got to have God. Today is that day. To believe it. To believe. I don't mean just to come up here and say, well, I'll go down there and I'll do all that and just wait on see what God does. Come down here and believe God and obey God. And when you get up from here, believe God and leave it here. One of the greatest, and you've heard this many, many times, but about three months after I came to church here and I told the preacher, I said, there ain't money here for me to be here. I can't stay. I said, there's not enough money coming into the church to support me being here. And boy, that next morning, he come into church, and I mean, we was on the carpet. He said, you get that checkbook, you bring it with me. We come out here and put that checkbook right there. He said, we're going to put that checkbook right there on the altar, and we're going to leave it here. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. He said, if God don't do it, we'll both go get a job. Well, for him... He's working on 30 years. July the 1st, I'll be here 15 years. Never missed a payment. Never missed, not only a payroll, we've never missed nothing. Never missed nothing. Matter of fact, God's just blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. And God's used His people to do His work because they were obedient. And that's all God wants us to be is just obedient people for Him to use. And I've looked back now. I'm going to tell you right now. I've looked back and said, Now, God, you remember the day we left that checkbook on the altar? Now, you better be doing something. Now, He did. And, and He has. We, we've had money in the bank and, and 
uh, what's in the bank, in the general fund, and, and I know what's coming. That's one of the things about being in a place I'm in. I know when bills are coming due. I know how much money we got. I know when the taxes are to be paid. I know when all that stuff comes. And God just put himself on display and just, I mean, just walk back there and look at that board and God says, it's not your business, it's mine. I'll take care of it. And I speak for myself and the pastor. We both well in that boat. And God just put him on himself on this place. So it comes after, that took 15 years. And I ain't saying it won't happen again, but I'm just saying, I got a whole lot more confidence in God today than I did when I first, on that first three months when I came out here. Because God's put himself on this place. And you need to be talking to people and looking to people that God has worked and moved in their hearts and their lives. You say, this is how God, I, I, God done something for you and I want to know about it. Because I need God to do something for me. Not that he'll do it the same way, but you need to hear that positivity. God can do it. God can do it. So he said, for, for he saith, I have heard of thee and accepted time in the day of salvation have I secured thee. That word secure there means he brought you to this time of day. That, that word secure means he literally to run to, uh, to support you, to help or relieve them in difficulty, to warn or distress, to assist and deliver them from suffering to secure a besieged city, to secure prisoners. In other words, he came to where you were at. He came here today to seek and to save those that are lost. He came here today to secure you if you're lost without God. He came to, to get his children today to run to them, to help them to say, I'm right here. He said, uh, I've heard the accepted time of the day of salvation. If I secure thee, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. See, today is the day to stop running. In Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 8, the Bible tells us, uh, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. See, but he says also here to exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest your heart be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Whatever it is you came here today, if you're lost, if you came and you leave lost, your heart's going to be harder against sin. If you came here today, say, washed in the blood, but there's something in your heart and in your life that you need to get to God with. You just need to believe God like the children of Israel. Instead of proving God and testing Him on and on and on, why don't you just come today and, and just trust God with that thing and allow Him, as, as our Scripture said, uh, so it don't harden you anymore. But that, that deceit, see, Satan says, yeah, you, you can get saved, but not today. You don't need to get saved today. Look at all them people here. Well, your mom or your daddy or your sister or your brother, your grandpa or your grandma is not here. And you know, when you get saved, you want them to be there. Let me tell you something. If you're convicted of your sin, you don't care who's here. One thing's most important. I want to get saved before I die and go to hell. I've got to get saved before I die and go to hell. And that should be how we come to God with whatever it is that's on our heart in our life that we want God to do for us. I've got to get to God today with it because I can't carry it no more. It's killing me. And we all have those things. We, every one of us. You know how I know that? Because we're robed in flesh. And God tells us here that those things are going to come our way. And he says to exhort one another. That word exhort means to encourage one another. Uh, that word exhort also means to beg and entreat and beseech to exhort one another. And that's what I'm trying to do, exhort you to understand God's right here. Because next week we're going to face more. There's going to, you work on a public job, if you go to a gas station, you're going to have problems. 
but to exhort one another and to pray for one another and lift one another up unto the Lord. See, he says, he says here, the time is short. So today is the day for believing. Today is the day for walking in Christ. Today is the day of salvation. If you don't know the Lord. See, he says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same Jesus that led the children of Israel through that wilderness for 40 years and led them out is the same Jesus that's here today. And he knows every one of ever, everything there is to know about us. And see, he's the same yesterday in times past. He's the same today in the present. He's the same in the future, whatever that holds. He, meet, he met all of our needs yesterday. He's meeting all of our needs today. And he's going to meet all of our needs in eternity, folks. See, the Lord says today is the day of salvation. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 34, Therefore, take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Don't worry about it. There'll be enough to, to deal with tomorrow, but deal today. Just deal with it today. Proverbs 22 and 19, That in thy trust may be in the Lord, I have made known to thee this day, even to thee. So folks, if you're here today lost and undone without God and you leave in that, place, in that same place, you've heard the word of God. We've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Adam fell in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden. Sin passed upon all men. You was born into it whether you liked it or not. But God is faithful and just to forgive us. That's why he sent his son. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. And that's what God's offering here this morning. On this day, today, March the 20th, 1159. Let's all, let's all uh, stand, if you will, bow your head. Ever I close, please, Brother Joey, Miss Sarah. Folks, if, if you're here today, you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've never... You can't go back to a place or a time where you know without a shadow of a doubt that God saved you. These altars right here are open. 